Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Inspire with Devik. Thank you so much for joining in today. Our guest for today is Shailendra Dhakar, the co-founder of Code Young. It's a coding platform for kids. Had this platform been around when I was a kid, I would have at least known the C of coding. But anyway, this conversation is about uh, how he started Code Young, built it and has grown it. Last month he posted a status on LinkedIn where he said that they've done 10 million dollars in annualized revenue, which is spectacular. That got my attention. We connected, we had a conversation. Uh, and here we are recording this entire episode. We spoke a lot about EdTech, the industry. He's the first co-founder on our podcast who's from that sector. So it was really fun understanding more about that sector and where, what that entire sector is built of and what you need to do to succeed within that space. And a lot of those learnings can really be tracked into or uh, pulled into other segments also, because at the end of the day, the principles of every business are very similar. So, hope you have a fun time listening to this conversation and uh, right, let's head on to the episode then. Jumping right into your story, uh, while doing research about what you've done, uh, what you're currently doing and where you started, I happened to see that right out of of college after IIT Delhi, uh, you became a product manager in a company. So, and that was also an ed educational, like I don't know whether you can call it an ed tech, but it was education based. So first question to you is like right out of engineering, um, usually people don't go for an educational, uh, I would say job uh, direction that that is not a direction that someone chooses. So just wanted to understand like what was your thinking right out of college and why did you get into this field? Sure, sure. Yeah. So uh, see when I graduated, uh, so I, I come from Gwalior and mm-hmm. you know, uh, getting into IT was always my dream. But once I went, came there, once I you know joined IIT Delhi, uh, I became I really started exploring a lot. So while I was in my first year and second year, I got very much involved in some social services projects, and uh, I was just exploring around. So I just realized that there's so much to explore, and uh, somehow my years at IIT shaped my thinking that uh, I would like to do something which holds a meaning for me because mm-hmm. that's when I. Observe that you know the, I feel most driven, and and that's why I was I just wanted to get into something which uh, I can connect to some higher meaning. And education is definitely as uh, I've seen it changing so many people's life and even my life. Uh, yeah. So I just wanted to you know uh, do something either in education or something which holds some higher meaning uh, for me at least. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's very interesting to have that self-awareness. And I feel that that is a very important skill as a founder also of any company, because unless and until you're self-aware, you can't push yourself on days when you don't want to, uh, to continue doing what you're doing because you believe in a greater purpose. Only then can you push. So then you started, you started working here as a product manager. So if you can just help me understand what a product manager actually means, because there are a lot of, uh, I would say, uh, memes or stuff which you see nowadays on LinkedIn and various other platforms where people are like, people trying to club everything into a product manager. So if you can give me your understanding of what a product manager role is actually. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's honestly, it's a fairly new role. Uh, yeah. I think it came up early 2000s yeah. uh, it, when it started emerging that, you know, we can, we can have someone called product manager. Uh, what I understand from product manager is that for any business, uh, you either have a service to offer or a product to offer, and then you have distribution channels. 
and uh, to move through you know really accelerate these distribution channels you run marketing so that there's an interesting demand in distribution channels make this service or product available uh now there are people in marketing who generate this demand there are people who uh, are in operations who manage these distribution channels uh and a product manager is someone who takes part of this some part of a product you know that this is something that i'll make sure uh that when it will go through the distribution channels and will finally reach the customer the customer will just love it mm-hmm. and would want to have it again and would like to share it with others mm-hmm. that's what i feel uh that's what i you know i understand from the product manager is actually a bridge between the distribution and the operations like uh both the ends exactly like i think uh, that then there are creators who actually code or you know create this product mm-hmm. so it's just like uh and they sometimes don't have the visibility of of the distribution on the final user mm. uh, because they can't have they are specialized in what they do mm. and that's where product manager comes who really grasps everything like what's how what's our distribution channels what's the, what start the customers want and uh, then then give it back to you know uh, the creators who actually code this uh, product or service mm. um so that's The, and uh, about that you know taking full ownership of that it's just not like uh, a research role where you just research and you know just communicate you actually take the ownership that if it goes uh, it would become successful i am one the one who takes credit and if it goes if it fails i am the one who takes the blame absolutely uh, just like a ceo of a uh, yeah. it's well said there is a mini ceo role yeah exactly i think the more you explained what a uh, product manager is a role is it's sort of like an intrapreneur like a, an entrepreneur within the company who's like running his entire unit on his own so that's something that you started with so what was your role over there and what is it that you were working on during that stint yeah so uh, at that time uh, you know i was in my i was in actually uh, i just joined so mm-hmm. there was a lot of training period that was that was there um there we understood that what the organization is all about what are the major project uh, products mm-hmm. what are the products which uh, uh, you know are best sellers how do we distribute them what is the ultimate feedback that we are getting from the customers what is that that is in pipeline based on the customer feedback or based on the business strategy that is going on so just understood the stage of multiple products mm-hmm. across the company at that time and then i was sent on the field visit uh you know to all the north region where i was working with the sales team there and really understanding really visiting school and understanding uh how our product is really impacting kids and understanding the you know point of view of, of schools mm. how do they think about these things and uh, and that was my time i left it very early uh because of some reasons i left uh, next generation quite early and because at that time i understood a lot of things and you know i made a career switch so mm-hmm. when i was going from college um, i had this idea that okay something has to you know uh, connect to the higher purpose mm-hmm. uh, but after that i also understood one thing that i really don't know how businesses work uh, so just out of college because nobody in my family actually you know ever did a did a job so i really didn't didn't know that how nobody in your family did a job yeah everyone's into business in your family uh not really uh not really so mm-hmm. my my father is in businessman and all of other my family is actually uh, into the farming 
So I, oh. I come from a village. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I really wanted to understand how things work. So that's also, just like you talked about self-awareness, you should know what you don't know. And, and, and yeah. that's when, you know, I, I really wanted to get into somewhere where I get a fuller view of how things work because I was just very much interested in business also. I, I really think that uh, it's a great way to contribute in the society. It really takes things forward. And, uh, and that's why I switched my jobs and I started working with a startup, which was based okay. in Brisbane. So all team was in Brisbane. And Brisbane. I and Brisbane, yeah. You, uh, Australia. Australia. Okay. So after you did your first stint as a product manager with one company, you moved to a, another company as a product manager only. But that startup was based out of Brisbane. Yeah. And what was your role here? Because this was the first one was an ed tech one. The second one was? It was a travel social media app. So Travel social media app. Okay. Yes. Yes. So it was, it was a very small team. I think there mm-hmm. were some eight, nine people there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, I was working with, uh, you know, so I got reached out by, by someone. Uh, he just talked to me and, uh, you know, and then he introduced me and introduced himself to me that uh, he was the co-founder of Zostels and Zorooms. Okay. So if you heard, if you heard all these companies, Zostels, Zorooms, yeah. Uh, yeah. Zorooms was a competitor to OYO. Yeah. So he was one of the co-founder, exited the company. And right now he was in Malaysia for some time and then came back to India mm-hmm. and wanted to, you know, really work with some startups. Mm-hmm. And he wanted someone to work with him so that he can uh, work with these startups. So it was a very unconventional thing. So when I was moving out from uh, next education, I was applying uh, to, uh, to different places. I got an offer from BCG. Hmm. Uh, consulting group. Yes. Yeah. But, but I didn't take that. And okay. I started working with this person uh, who I found very interesting, who just on just one call interviewed me, gave me an offer. I really liked the energy <laughs> and I really uh, got excited by the idea that I will be radically working with someone who has already scaled a company, which I use. As hostels, you know, it's, it's a great, great uh, company. I think it's, uh, of course, it's not that at very great, great scale, but whatever properties they have and the way they manage the concept, everything is just amazing. Absolutely. I was just excited about the idea that, you know, I'll be working with this guy. I'll be understanding that how things work. And I think his first, first, is, first is that I would just like to interrupt there just to make one point that A, you need a lot of guts uh, when you come out of college to say no to uh, Boston Consulting BCG uh, job offer, uh, which probably you had multiple rounds of interviews to go through, as opposed to that cut to you get onto a call with a friend who interviews you on the phone and then gives you an offer uh, over one call and then you just immediately move to that. So I think that that in itself uh, expresses your risk taking ability uh, from the very start. But yes, please go on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you are totally right. Uh, it was a, it was quite a good, like quite a move, which really uh, you know I had to explain to a lot of people but but i think i had a certain clarity also what do mm-hmm. what did i want uh and that clarity often you know a lot of time in business also we do a lot of things which people think are very risky but yeah. we have we really try to reach to a clarity point of clarity where it do not feel risky at all mm-hmm. so at that time i just wanted to you know really get in this idea and mm-hmm. i started working with it the first client of his was travalo uh he was a social travel social media app um so I just like the idea that the idea was maybe I, I like, like traveling, but uh, possibly the idea was more about learning how a startup functions, how mm-hmm. a team come together, you know, bring some, build something which is, which holds some value in the world. And that was my next 1.5 years. And I think I 
went through the steepest learning curve uh, possible in this 1.5 years. I learned a lot of things about not just about product management, but about marketing, about you know how to scale a small team, like how to scale a certain product. Uh, other than that, also you know that the kind of team it was. I was allowed to do whatever is required. So I also did hiring for them. So mm-hmm. I learned hiring. I also, you know, um, even coded a small app for them, uh, just wow. for the bigger fun for the intern, mm-hmm. interns operations. So, so that was the, you know, very good experience where I did almost everything. And, uh, also because I was working directly with, with, with this person who called me, um, one thing I got to know, I understand at that time that business is ultimately very applied common sense. You know, yeah. if you restrict yourself that, okay, I'll learn this, you know, this is not my domain. That is not my domain, especially early in your years. You will actually uh, harm yourself, you know, really let go of a very big opportunity. So I just don't today, of course, organization is important, but I ultimately see it's applied common sense that, you know, mm-hmm. how do you get this done in a repeatable manner? where everybody knows what they're supposed to do. Everybody's clear what they're supposed to do. Uh, and then that, you know, that was my next 1.5 years. Uh, I think after that, I started coding. Um, wow. Yeah, I think these 1.5 years, which you've spent and the things which you mentioned, like learning how to scale, how to build a team, they are very crucial skills. And I think just having that opportunity, it's a very interesting direction that you took before starting your own company. Uh, to be honest with you, like I started Cranovations right out of college. I did an internship in another company, but then I started right out. There are days where me and my partner, we sit down and we think that probably had we taken some experience uh, in another hyper-growing startup or something. Like there are two ways, right? Either you start up right out of college or you go the way that you went. Like you do something, you be a part of other startups and then your learning curve, like you said, the, you had a very steep learning curve. Whereas for us, our learning curve has been over the last four years. Yes, it has been steep. But I'd say that any founder who's listening out there has to really evaluate what makes more sense to them. Everyone's journey is different. There is no right or wrong answer. But uh, I'd say that from this side, it feels that probably some experience would have helped us also. Probably what we achieved in four years, we could have done in three years, saved some time by putting in one year anywhere. But that's when you moved out of there and you started Codium. Yeah. And what was the idea? Like you wanted to get into this edtech space what was the whole concept behind education and starting up in that space? Sure, sure. So see, I was when I was working there and I told you that uh, things started feeling, you know, I started uh, thinking like these things, uh, business in general, startups, uh, as very much common sense. Like I just yeah. thought that there's a problem, you know, if you think from the first principles uh, in a structured manner, you can solve any problem. So it all started... I got very much comfortable in the sense I was working very hard, but also I got a very good idea about how things work at that, for that period of time, that point of time. And I was in a very reflective zone at that time that, you know, getting into IIT from, a, from, from the kind of family I come, it was always a dream. Yeah. It was, you know, it was that kind of dream that you were always almost sure that you won't get in, but somewhere deep down, always you were fighting and you were working towards it and it happened. So I was in a very reflective zone that, you know, that how much life has changed in the last few years. And, uh, and uh, I, I, I getting, I do getting into IT was a dream. Now I'm a graduate from there. But then I was thinking that what are the, what is that I've learned uh, over the years? 
uh, what I'm doing is great, but it's ultimately, you know, a lot of soft skills uh, rather than some tangible skills. I knew a bit of SQL, a bit of Python. So, and just to, just to, you know, really overcome that feeling also, I started learning coding a bit. Uh, so, so I, I started taking up, like I have to scrape some data just to do some analysis. So I just, I could have asked someone else, but I just learned myself yeah. and did that. <laughs> These things felt like magic. Mm-hmm. And I found it so much interesting and so much stimulating to your mind that, you know, you just uh, mirrors your uh, logic into a code and make it work. Yeah. So I was in that zone and I was thinking that, okay, I studied for 14 years in school and then I spent 14, four years in college. And today, whatever opportunities I'm getting, I, I got was mostly because of possibly my soft skills and second, because of my degree. But but then I really observed around some people who maybe do not come from these kind of colleges, uh, whose parents also worked hard to, you know, really take them through the college. And many of them are, you know, unemployed. And they somehow could not pick up the soft skills that I could pick up. And they're struggling right now. Uh, so I started cautioning that what's what's the accountability of education in general? You know, what what is that we, uh, you know, trying to do? in our colleges and our schools. And I was, you know, as I said, in, from second year onwards, I was very much part of social services uh, in wing in my, in my college. So I had a lot of interactions, with young kids, so energetic, so creative. And, and there's one more story there that, you know, uh, why I, I was teaching in uh, this nearby Islam Munika, uh, in IIT campus. I used to go there. I used to teach there uh, with, with, with a small group, which we formed. Uh, so we, we used to go there every weekend. So there was a kid, very smart. Um, and, you know, really, really interesting to talk. So there was kids from slums, but but they were just kids. For yeah. us. Uh, it felt, we made set that kind of bond. Even today, if I go there, I'm very sure they will remember me and many of the uh, people who used to go there. But one day when I was going to the Munika market, I just saw he was selling something on, on, a, on a basket. And then he stopped coming to the coming to the classes on weekend. I asked him what, you know, why are you, you know, uh, not coming in class? Why are you doing this? Then he said, see, uh, I have two neighbors. Uh, one neighbor studied in school, went to college. Uh, and right now doing, doing a 15,000 job full time. Uh, the other neighbor never went to school, dropped out of school in class six, started business. Now he has three shops in Munika. Uh, <laughs> So it got me thinking uh, that, you know, because the other person got some of these entrepreneurial hustle and without even education, he is, he, we can't say he's not educated. We, we should say that he's self-educated. Exactly. And, uh, mm-hmm. So, so really the, all these things, you know, jumbled up that what is the meaning of education. And, and then when I was doing coding, I was just thinking, why you never introduced this to me in school? I had a computer in class, eight onwards, nine onwards. Uh, why you never introduced this to me? Uh, introduce this to me in school so that I had so much time that time, no social commitments, mm-hmm. so much energy, creativity. Yeah. And I would have loved to show off yeah. if I would have got opportunity. And 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 you know, we all are like that in, in childhood. So why just why you just don't introduce it as a working hobby, a working skill, not an academic subject, but teach it like a working skill, just like you learn dance, music, and all these things were going on, and we decided that let's start, let's just see that how parents react, how kids react, if we introduce coding to them. At that time, we did some market research. 
there were actually no companies there were a few companies which were at very young scale and we just thought it's not happening at the scale it should happen it should not be a niche it should be a norm mm. uh, and that's that's when we got started got amazing response from day one and we have been growing from customers love since that that day wow so i think that a uh, bunch of things man first of all the whole story that you shared with me uh, there is there is this different uh, calm vibe about you uh, which which i can sense that that you have really gone from like as a kid from gwalior uh, dreaming of getting into iit getting there and then realizing i mean it's it's just that all of us have these dreams and goals in life and we are like okay what would life be if we get there and then when we get there we realize that it's a never ending cycle right and then you get there and you're like okay so now what now i got here like for you it was like okay getting into iit for me also it was my dream to get into iit uh, fortunately unfortunately i didn't make it i went into symbiosis uh, the exact opposite of i would say education <laughs> when it comes to iit as uh, symbiosis everything but uh, the whole way where you expressed that you got into iit you completed that and then you were into the self reflection phase uh, and completely identifying that okay why am i doing what am what am i doing how am i doing so i think that a lot of founders uh, don't know these questions uh, a don't know these questions b don't know the answers to these questions like i was recently asked by someone in my circle a few basic questions like what do you think are your core strengths and i was like okay uh, if i have have really not thought about it because as a founder you end up doing a bit of everything right and yeah. you are you're like okay i'm today i'm doing hr today i'm doing operations today i'm doing sales today i'm doing something else so it just that every founder should have these basic questions like you had and you answered and today that is why you have that clarity that okay there is no distraction there is like okay this is what i'm going to do this is the journey i've been through and now i've started codeyang so when you started codeyang i believe it was in december 2019 Yeah, so it was somewhere in November. Uh, okay, November, so. December, and yeah. y'all went B to B or y'all went B to C. Like, did y'all go to schools or did y'all go to uh, end users or parents directly? Yeah, so we started the idea. We started with a basic idea uh, that we want uh, this thing to introduce to kids. And uh, first thing that came in my mind is let's go to some let's go visit some schools. Uh, so we visited some schools, did some seminars there. and uh, the response was just amazing by teachers by you know at that time right now there's a mixed response to this but at that time whenever when i shared this idea everybody was super excited and even today there's a good section which is excited uh, so i we visited some schools we did some seminars we had a good uh, you know fun fun talking to kids and you know introducing this teaching them some lessons but uh, but then we started thinking on the business model like how do we deliver Uh, we did some research there, tested multiple things. We were thinking of making some videos, but we thought, you know, possibly there's already a lot of content online, and if kids would have to learn online, they would anyways go and learn. But that's not happening. Yeah. Um. So so we just you know looked around, you know, talked to the customers. We talked around two hundred parents at the time. I made a community. So I along with Rupika already made a community from my past experience. It was quite easy for me. Uh, of two hundred three hundred parents, we talked to many of them. and we realized that there's a new trend emerging at that time even before covid which is live classes which uh, is live classes like live online classes live online classes uh, okay yeah so that's and you're talking before covid before covid hmm even before covid it was just you know picking up very fast i remember talking to some parents they say that we moved from delhi to bangalore and um, and my kids still learn from the same music teacher uh 
so these kind of things were coming up like uh, you know somebody was saying that i take tuition from my school teacher on live classes so we just realized that this is being quite effective and i was working all time remote because my team was sitting in brisbane so i was also very much comfortable and i've seen the effectiveness that can come remotely even before covid uh, and that's yeah, when we spotted like, you spotted a pattern early on <laughs> Exactly. exactly and and uh, and i just thought you know just just let's give it a try let's make a product around this and uh, we put together a product we put together a curriculum you know exercises lesson plans we got some teachers on board and we just started with a pilot we were not you know from my experience of working in a startup i was not expecting a positive feedback for one year at least but the pilot itself yeah. was so successful and i was super excited i just knew from my experience again that uh, making something that people love is extremely difficult absolutely and we got it very early on and then there was no looking back uh, i just thought that if customers want it that's something you can't solve for if customers don't need a product you can't solve for that but if your customers don't want a product then everything is science mm-hmm. is solved it and and that's when you know we start working on it So it was just Rupika and me uh, doing this back in our 2019. Today, today we have a 300-seater office in WeWork, present uh, wow. in 50 plus countries, um, and one of the top three players in this segment. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so that is yeah, the journey. It's it's been a, it's been an insane journey, I believe, and I think that uh, you spotted the trend early on. Uh, one question which I had for you is because you mentioned that you saw the benefit of like. online classes and various other things and you all went i would say from what i understand it's like a b2b sort of a model where you ex- expand through schools and reach out parents is that is that right no 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 now it's not the model okay. so we started directly reaching out to uh, customers b2c right? b2c but today we have both today mm-hmm. we have both uh, in india we are mostly b2b mm-hmm. uh, and uh, we are partnership with some very big chains in mm-hmm. in, the, in the country and uh, in and even we have some school partnerships outside in india mm. also uh, so today we are both but primarily b2c wow i think to from two co-founders to uh, to reaching a team of 300 first of all kudos to that uh, it, it's been an amazing journey and uh, you really i would say moved up in this space completely so what i wanted to ask you now is that uh, when you started out were there competitors in that space like other companies like byte junior byjuice all these bigger players so did they exist at that point yeah so there were a few companies there were codevidya uh, mm-hmm. there was byte junior and there was camkitwell camkitwell was mostly offline uh, and it was existing since long long time mm-hmm. uh, we realized so we just that okay that that's there other than that byte junior existed but the scale was quite small mm-hmm. and we always thought we can catch up uh, and then we can catch up and you know i'm as i'm telling that it was not happening at the scale that we thought it should happen and we didn't know their intent their fire but we knew our our motivation our fire that we want to really scale it up so we just you know got along so there are three four players at that time uh, but all were at very small scale some of them are still at very small scale compared to us um and um, and yeah we just got started we just listen to the customers and from customers themselves we got to know about other other competitors we got to understand their weaknesses which mm-hmm. we worked on the day one and uh, and yeah things just went by after that so you all positioned yourselves differently in what way or uh, what did you all try to do differently from any other competitor uh, when you were starting out 
so it kept on changing with time uh, uh, as as a company you know move forward and the company stage changed so to start with you know when you were running a pilot when you were talking to customers they realized that you know they tried some of the competitors product they put some things like one is pricing second is teacher quality so so we just understood what matters to them and we realized that teacher quality is something that really really matters to them and uh, that's something we focus on the start uh, because that was possible to focus on the start so but still today you know we that has been a very big factor for us that teacher should be top top notch even though if we have to sacrifice for growth sacrifice you know on growth but the teacher quality should be just amazing second thing is curriculum matters to them a lot so we have rethought about the curriculum rather than a single linear path we have a multi channel path Hmm. uh based on the interest of the kids as they you know go through the program and develop their trust third thing is we started with group classes only uh which is 1 2 3 so it's a very small group classes uh which nobody else was doing and that really classes as in like three people three people in in the call yes with the teacher teacher yeah same in group uh similar similar level of coding experience and that's that really you know worked for us because these kids start these to you know uh become friends and mm-hmm. then the retention also was quite great that attendance and everything was quite good because they used to become friends there was a small community angle that came into that mm-hmm. and that's what we focus upon that teacher should be top notch we are going to group classes which leads to better outcomes because kids become friends you know solve each other's problem uh and third thing is of course the community angle to it that we started making a community of kids early on so this is something that we did in the start even today you know that thing is there but now we do much more also uh, uh to you know really uh, stay a step ahead from competition like we yeah. are working on online platforms there uh, which uh, you know really takes the community online then we have some self learning games and exercises Uh, mm-hmm. on a platform where kids can come and uh, code and you know practice what they are learning uh, we have standardized our learning much more because there are exercises linked to every class so as soon as they reach it no matter how many teachers we have but if somebody is not being able to clear certain exercises after reaching a certain class we give them extra classes and we make sure that they are you know learning um so now things are much different but initially we just focused a lot on the teacher quality which really worked for us understood no that's quite interesting and i think that uh, that's the right approach i mean focusing on quality like you said that if if we had to sacrifice growth then we would because finding the right teachers and maintaining that standard is very important because you might sacrifice short term growth by making sure that you have the right quality but then that in turn would lead to such great long term growth uh which which one cannot foresee at that point exactly exactly and fintech and edtech these were the two big things ever since covid hit uh these were the most fastest growing spaces so uh what is it that you is there was there a change in approach when you saw how covid accelerated the entire edtech movement uh did you all change strategy a little because it's it's been booming ever since covid hit uh, or i would say a little earlier than that Uh, it's it's grown rapidly that entire space so did you all change your strategy when you all saw it happening or scaling people adopting the idea so fast did you all have to uh, change a few things on the go yeah uh so right now you know at that time uh, when covid hit so we were not sure what's coming 
like uh, in the inside we know that it helped accelerating uh, attack but uh, as a young father you do just don't know uh, what's coming uh, it can lead in any any way uh, you know possibly we see a very bad recession or depression which uh, you know just we won't be able to sell anything at that time so so it was quite a period like quite a period of confusion where we were just figuring out that what's happened we were in the zone that let's see what happens when covid started like lockdown started we just a team of 8 or 9 people uh, that's it so and everyone you know went uh, home we all working were working remotely so we had to scale the team from 8 to 10 people to around 50 people by december 60 people by december 2020 all remotely Hmm. lot of people we never saw faces you know we were the first time founders uh, scaling and managing a company you know and be hiring people older than you experience more experience than you everything became more challenging hmm. because we were in lockdown on the demand side of course so when we were offering our courses before covid 30% of the objections used to be i want something offline that objection just went away that something happened second thing is we also started getting an organic demand from other countries because suddenly everybody went offline uh, you know some, some everybody went online, online. and uh, they they were at home they wanted their kids to do something and uh, there was very un- underserved demand very a huge underserved demand in in these countries and they started reaching out somehow because the relatives we of the our customers started referring us to to their relatives you know Uh, in us uk um and in some other countries so yeah. we first time thought that okay we can be a global company yeah uh, that also happened uh, so these are two things you know really uh, which which yeah. we saw from covid in that boom also i mean as a founder um, a lot of times you when you're starting a company or building an idea out if you're going to be part of that space right now i would say with vc coming in and Uh, capital access to capital has drastically changed over the last 10 years pehle it used to be yaar matlab funds raise karne hai to bahut mehnat karni hogi i'm not saying ki aaj mehnat nahi karni padti but now the market sentiment overall is that if someone finds the time big enough the idea compelling enough and if there is some traction people invest uh, that is something that we are seeing right now uh, what my question to you is that when you were starting out there were already two to two to three players in that space so it would have been in startup language so to say it would have been another me to startup so what is it that went through your mind while building it because i'm sure a lot of founders out there have the same question ki yaar already teen log hai main kya alag kar sakta hu so how did you handle that question that internal reflection for yourself yeah see uh, we uh, so when we you know do whenever i do something i just try that taking the input from the right sources um just like you said you know uh, just like you said about starting up just out of college uh, versus taking this route so i had a lot of friends who started just out of college mm-hmm. but that was also kind of peer pressure that okay i have to just start off college uh, but i never you know i just thought that what is true for me just like this in business we went to customers we showed them what we had and we just ask them will you pay for it and they were happily paying for it can we grow this uh, you know customer base we were growing the customer base and that's what all we knew um, there were some other players but you know in any industry 
when when in any kind of segment there are always two three players is not a big uh, big channel it is that if some some startup is really too big uh, then why to get into that but that was not the case at all at that time they were at quite a small scale and uh, later on of course they scaled up quite fast because they were just ready for covid and we were not mm-hmm. uh, but but we were always like you know the day customers will say we don't want a product we don't want a company we we'll shut it down yeah. but that never happened mm-hmm. that that's that's all it is about that the day customers we realize that we are not required we are not needed by customers we we'll just you know just say okay there's no point in going on but there are always this customer pool uh people were moving from other players to us you know really sending very nice emails uh how much it has impacted their kids and that's what we are focused upon and uh, we we have been growing since then uh of course in terms of vc funding it makes a difference i am very sure uh, in terms of customer base, customer and business doesn't make difference but uh, in terms of vc funds it does make a difference and we went through that but uh, but we were very confident on our business and we communicated that and we landed our funding uh, you know it was all in mom i never you know really reached out but i got reached out by someone and you know wow. they like so it was inbound inbound inquiries for funding people exactly. reaching out to you wow mm-hmm. so so that was the time and we used the funds well uh, we grew today the company is in such a state that uh, it's cash flow positive wow it's, uh, it's growing on its own and we are in the process of closing around very soon there will be a new support mm. oh, congratulations on that man also i think that it, it's a like you said that some companies scale really fast in this space uh, it's probably like sort of a from an from an outside perspective like some company are trying to build a monopoly in the space uh, is yeah. is what we can see so for you from your company standpoint where do you see your company headed like what do you all want to do to break that monopoly or how do you plan on evening that out what is your strategy from a long term point sure sure see i i always see that you you know at any point of time you should be very much you should have very, very good clarity on what the situation is and mm-hmm. that clarity tells you what is the next step and that is what we have believed in so right now we are growing well in the in the markets you know we are uh in some of the market we are in a leading position and uh, we are working towards that how can we grow this customer base how can we retain this customer base that's something we are doing and uh, we are working on this tech products uh which which gives us an edge and mm-hmm. also we are not just a life class company but we are a full fledged uh, educational technology company we are working with some schools and getting some great ideas that how can we help them uh provide this coding education to schools in a much better way using tech uh right now we have a certain product there where we are constantly developing that so our focus is you know making a making a quite a scaled scaled up business mm-hmm. which is very sustainable rather than just inflated valuation or something but mm-hmm. but it should be something that it should go for an ipo and uh, you know our aim here is that we want to go for an ipo and we want to be- become a company which public markets like uh a very sustainable uh well run business uh and doing good you know uh, making a lot of positive impact in the world so that's what our philosophy is that building a scaled up diversified business which can you know go public in, in a few years time wow man congratulations i think that there are very few founders who have had a conversation with who have the clarity uh long term clarity 
and short term planning uh, like you expressed in terms of uh, from what i understood is what you're trying to put across is that a we need to first make sure we give our customers enough reasons to uh, keep coming back to us and stick with us so solving that basic problem i mean if you uh, put aside all the clutter it just boils down to that like give them more reasons uh, to come to you and give them a good enough product that they stay with you and then just yeah. keep keep doing that over and over and over and over again till you become big enough uh, and and get into an ipo but yeah i think that 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 is a very very good direction in terms of having that clarity and from one founder to another i just wish you all the best in terms of everything that you guys have in store uh, and i am certain that it will happen in due time uh, it's it's it sounds very i would say for other people from the outside it sounds very like yaar kuch bhi bol rahe ye log ipo karenge startups want to ipo nowadays yeah a lot of people when when you go and tell them that okay our goal is to ipo they'll just be like dude like what do you think you think ipo is is easy or whatever but i think that now that discussion or over the past few years everything for startups has changed so much uh, yeah startups are ip startups are getting into ipos if you see ipl recently a lot of big booming startups are now titled sponsors there's bombay shaving company there's tootsie aligners a bunch of other startups are now getting into public eye through platforms like ipl so i feel that startups overall have transformed in india so much over the last 5 years i don't think that it was the same case when we started out so i think that have have you seen that change too exactly uh, even you know just we already covered the points yeah. but i'll add to that even on the talent side you know mm-hmm. the kind of talent that wants to work in early startup is just amazing i didn't know that that is possible you know kind of people sometimes show interest in working at codium mm-hmm. just very really humble uh, that uh, you know that kind of talent we are being able, able to attract and other than that the all the saas products that that has came in the kind of services that is came in uh, everything you want to do there are always a company which can help you in that yeah so overall overall it has it has going it is going well uh the acceptance to startups is you know really good um so i i, I totally see that change uh happening on a lot of levels yeah like you said that people nowadays pehle kya hota tha ki mujhe college se nikal ke ek stable job chahiye kisi badi company mein but now i think if you go back to college students most of them or i would say a significant majority which probably initially was like 1% 2% 5% 5% is now 20 to 40% where they would be like yaar mujhe startup join karna hai koi and i want to get be a part of that so i think that now the discussion of students also in colleges the sentiment has shifted from looking for a big company or a big uh, i would say uh, some big names in the industry they're like let's just join a startup usme aur seekhne milega that is i think the main uh, idea that people have exactly just to add to that there's a lot of hope that you know in yeah. uh, all these small small seeds we are sowing uh, it will really really change the a business landscape of the country which which something will happen i am very sure uh, i feel very happy uh, you know the days are, there are days challenging days so many things uh, because we are running running a company but i just feel very happy that i am in india right now and doing this uh, i wouldn't trade my place you know uh, to anything else like being in us or somewhere uh, the, this is the time for india and and i think there's a lot of energy and i really believe that the um, answer is going to totally change in the next 4 5 years absolutely thank you so much alendra for this conversation it was really fun jumping into the entire story of codyang understanding where it's headed 
and i just want to tell you that i wish you all the best in terms of the whole idea of getting to the ipo uh, if there is any way where we could help or add values let us know and i just like to wish you and rupika and the entire team at cordian all the best thank you thank you david thank you so much guys for listening to this episode it was a really fun episode and uh, it was our first edtech guest which was what got us super excited about uh, this shoot as well hope you guys enjoyed and can take inspiration from whatever shailendra said and understand what are the basic principles of building and running a business in the edtech space now for next week we've got a very special guest again it's one of our podcast firsts we've got a shark tank guest coming on our podcast next week um uh, i won't tell you all the name i won't tell you all the episode i will just tell you all that it was one beautiful couple which really stole the hearts of all the sharks and we had the opportunity of speaking to them uh, we could not speak to both the co-founders but we had the opportunity to speak to one of them and what you all saw on tv was just the tip of the iceberg in that podcast in that episode we have completely dived deep into why they started what they did to get to shark tank how they ace the shark tank uh episode how they is their entire shark tank experience and what life is for them post shark tank so tune in uh, for our next episode in the two weeks and we really hope to receive as much as feedback as we can from all of you guys because the more feedback you are able to give us the better we are able the better content we will be able to put out so thank you so much guys for tuning in and uh, hope to see you next time soon bye